The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us. And We just appreciate all you live streamers there on Facebook, and thank you for sharing our shows every week. And just keep in mind, we love your comments. We have an amazing guest today, Marion Head. She is a, just a phenomenon by herself. And you can go to her website, agreementsinstitute.com, and find out all about her history. And we're going to do the best we can to showcase how intentional she is. You know, our idea of this show is to bring to you people from a broad range and many walks of life and to feature people who are difference makers out there that are using their life experiences and and truly being part of the change, not just talking about it. Marion, thank you so much for being on our show today. I've really been looking forward to having you. You are such a dynamic human being. Thank you for all you do. Thank you, Temple. It is such a delight to uh, meet you on your show and uh, to share the revolutionary agreements with your audience. A blessing. It's a blessing. Thank you. (laughs) Well, uh, tell us some uh, about your background. Uh, You know, uh, many of us laugh uh, on this show, and we say that most of us, our parents didn't recognize our gifts and talents early on and put us in a mystery school. How did you get shaped in your life and, and... What has made you, you know, have the passion that you do, that you care about these revolutionary agreements? That's a great question. I was brought up in a small community, a farming community, and I grew up on a farm, and a lot of my relatives had farms nearby too. So I grew up in community, and I had actually a pretty wholesome childhood running around our farm and with my brother and visiting others' farms and Uh, One thing my father said to me when I was young, I was very fortunate to have a father who believed in me. Uh, There was a a woman broadcaster on the TV one day. This was in the 50s. (laughs) He said to me, uh, you could do that someday. And that made such an impression on me. Wow. Wow, I could do that. 
And so I had the feeling that I could do whatever I set my mind to doing. And that's, that's been an interesting journey, Temple, because I actually drove most of the things that I did in my life until recently. And now I am intentionally allowing spirit to guide me down the path. It's a different way of, of having things get done, and I love it. It is so different, isn't it? And I, um, I wasn't told that early on necessarily, but I, I did learn um, that if I was, um, you know, going to get somewhere in the world and and be able to move in a much bigger world than the world around me in a, a small town and you know out in the country and everything, like you, I learned, um, you know, how to make it happen. You know, you can make it happen. Just, you know, jump in and give your best and everything. It's such a shift um, within one's being when when we stop uh, trying to force things or, or create them or manipulate them in any way and just allow them to come to us. Did you find it right away a comfortable difference? Because I, I know a lot of people in our audience, we have people visiting us from Norway, like all over the world. And I know that often they say that that's it's a shift <laughs> both being feeling the illusion of control to actually um, allowing things to knock on your door two or three times and you answer it well temple you know it, it really is a practice it's a practice it's not something that i just got and now i am changed forever <laughs> i am changed in that i am conscious about my choices and what I notice is that when I feel joy and excitement and energy, then I'm on the right path. And if I feel a burden or stressed, then it's probably coming from the old shoulds. Uh, and as, as somebody said to me recently, shed your shoulds. And so, yeah, you know, it's a practice. It's not, again, like, one second I'm this way and the next second I'm the next. And, and the agreements that I've been using now for 30 years, that's still a practice too. So um, I think it was uh, maybe Richard Bach who said, how do you know when your work is done? Uh, if you're still alive, it's not. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where I am. This is very fun for me because, um, you know, we, we have some intense similarities, so that's really, really cool. Um, Richard Bach and Illusions and several of his writings were like tops, weren't they? I mean, if, if yeah. you as an audience that are listening in today, if you haven't read Richard Bach's material, you know, don't uh, shortchange yourself not doing so. Get those books. They are absolutely uh, excellent. But one of the things we want to talk about today is is the amazing uh, book that's come out of you, Revolutionary Agreements. You have a Facebook page, and you have quite a following with that. Um, when did that come about, Marion? And, you know, share as much about that as you would like. We're ready to go on the journey with you. Thanks, Temple. Um, the agreements began being developed in 1985. My husband was then president of something called the Win-Win Business Forum in our town in Colorado. And so it was mostly entrepreneurs and small business owners who wanted to do business in a different way where everybody won. Imagine that. 
you know, the, the customers, the company, the vendors, the employees, everybody should win. So uh, one day he invited some business colleagues, friends over to see how could we support each other in really living our highest values in every aspect of our lives and especially in our businesses where we spent most of the time. That very first gathering, we began to develop a set of agreements. That group wound up meeting for the next 20 years, very informally. It was never an obligation or a membership. We just liked coming together for a full day, like a day off once a month. And we would begin each of the gatherings by reading the agreements aloud and talking about how they were influencing our lives. For years, I thought about sharing this in a book, but I was so caught up with, well, how should I do it? Should it be a little book, like a cash register size book that just has the agreements and a little picture, or should it be this, or should it be that, or should it, should it, should it, should it? (laughs) And And then the four agreements came out, and I thought, oh, he only has four agreements. <laughs> we have more agreements. I've got to get this out. So, <laughs> so I did. <laughs> I did. And, um, and now I'm in a new phase of my life where my, the gifts that have been given to me over the course of my life led me to this point where I am delighted to share the agreements in a way with coaches and facilitators and teachers and unity teachers who want to take them to their communities. So I have a certification program now to certify people in leading a 12-week program because there are 12 agreements. Oh, and your audience might want to know what they are. Should I, should I tell them? I'm so glad you asked. I know they would love to know what they are. And I also just want to give a shout out and say, be sure and ask us some questions, too, that we can ask Marion today. And we're open to comments. Yes, Marion, we'd love to know. So please, let's let's go. Take us there. Okay, great. So first of all, the group that developed the agreements, those agreements were really long. Each one was 28 or 30 words. And when I wrote the book, I had to ask myself, what is the essence of these agreements so that I could make them you know, stickier? I think Malcolm Gladwell came out with a book called Tipping Point and right. said, the things that stick like pet rock, you know, what makes them stick? So I went into inside myself and said, what is the essence of each of these agreements? And that is what resulted in the list of 12 revolutionary agreements. At that time, they self-organized into three, what I call pillars of a good life, truth, acceptance, and gratitude, where truth is being the truth of who you are, your authentic self. Gratitude, well, we know what gratitude is. It's feeling and expressing Oh, appreciation for every precious moment of this life and acceptance is accepting others for who they are. So each of these 12 agreements is uh, in one of those categories. So here's the first four in the area of truth. I agree to live my mission, to speak my truth with compassion, to look within when I react, and to keep doing what works and change what doesn't. So I'll pause for just a moment if there's anything you want to bring in at this point, or I'll go on to the acceptance area. 
I would I would uh, actually uh, like you to repeat them. That's a that's oh, a lot. Sure. I mean, you know, because what we know is the most simplistic parables and the most simplistic ideas, you know, they come across smooth, but then when you have the intention to really carry them out, that's where the quest begins. So can you read those <laughs> again? <laughs> I'm so glad you said that, Temple, because sometimes people say, well, what's revolutionary about these? Because, yes, they are timeless principles, but what's revolutionary about them truly is practicing them. That's <laughs> it is revolutionary. And revolutionary means changing the, the existing paradigm to have a revolution. Like, let's change what's not working. Let's change our culture of negativity into a life of positivity and possibility. And that's what happens when we practice these agreements. So here we go again. Truth, in the area of truth, I agree to live my mission, to speak my truth with compassion, to look within when I react, and to keep doing what works and change what doesn't. Temple, I could have a conversation with you on each of these agreements, (laughs) and hopefully I'll have another chance to do at least one or more of them. You got uh, and, already. And, I can say that I love your energy. That's a given. Um, you're, <laughs> right. you're exactly right. We could talk about how I live my mission. That could be three or four shows by itself because that is, and that's why I love that you're calling it revolutionary because the me, I can only just speak for me, you know, that was saying I was living my mission in my 30s is a, a, a much more different feel and flavor. You know, in my 30s, I wanted to speak it right. You know, I wanted to make sure I spoke it right and, and presented it right and, you know, said the correct things and had developed that powerful orator kind of thing. And in a way, that's where a lot of people have stopped. They, they speak their mission, you know, but they're not really engaged in their mission. And so it we're having... We're needing to change. It's not just just talking about great ideas that are going to offer less stress to the world and beat the hungry children and those kind of things if we're not putting action into our mission. Yes, and, and living the mission actually means that every day in some way we're living the essence of the mission instead of focusing on achieving something in the future, which is fine, Yes. We're also saying, let's live the essence of it today. There's a different level of fulfillment that we have in life when we do that. And Temple, I do understand what you mean about uh, wanting to say things right and sort of the performance aspect of my life when I was younger. It's so nice to be beyond that now. I wonder if we have to just get older. <laughs> I don't know. No, I know young people who are beyond it already. The young people coming in now are just remarkable and wonderful so anyway that was true they don't hang out with us if we're not doing some kind of social activism and (laughs) create positive change in the world they they move on and go find a club or a team or you know something that that is that that that's for sure uh to say the least i mean my mission has become you know smaller and smaller from like a brand statement to you know i'm here to serve 
you know, and people will say to me, you do that, you know, in addition to what you're already about, you're bringing in the dog or you help somebody or you help someone move. It's like, it's all part of the mission. You know, I'm here to serve. And so uh, life presents you every day with what's part of your mission. It's beautiful. Oh, I I love it. That's so rich. Good. So shall I move on to acceptance? Yes. All right. Well, the four agreements there are, I agree to listen with my heart, to respect our differences, to resolve conflicts directly, and to honor our choices. Oh, that's such a big one. <laughs> I'll, read, I'll read those again, as you requested last time. So I agree to listen with my heart to respect our differences, to resolve conflicts directly, and to honor our choices. <sighs> Shall I pause or go on to gratitude? <laughs> I, I think it would be good for you to give some input around that. Those are, those are huge. Talk about those a little bit. How did those shape shift into your life, and why are they important? Wow. Well, I just finished a YouTube video on respecting our differences with um, Dr. Julie Cruel. She has something called The Whole Conversation, and it's such a timely topic, uh, especially in our nation right now. Wow, I'll tell you, this has been my biggest growth area in the last, oh, I'd say five years, and it has to start at home. So... My brother and I are very, very different, as a lot of siblings are. Isn't that fascinating? It is fascinating. <laughs> we, come, we come from the same parents. We grew up on the same farm. We have the same relatives. But, wow, are we different. <laughs> and over our lives, it's caused a certain amount of stress. Mm-hmm. But recently, um, well, five, seven years ago, we found a common mission, and I think this may be the key to respecting our differences, is to look for what's our common mission or our common, even a common vision uh, or more specifically a common goal perhaps. So my brother and I have a common goal that our mother, who is now almost 99, would have the longest possible, highest possible quality of life. And so we, wound, we found ways to come together and do things together and respect our differences to the point that we've realized without both of our different perspectives, she would not be as healthy and happy. We've had specific incidences. Let me give you a story about that. So she was, um, she was ill, and she had congestive heart failure. And she said, I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't like hospitals. I don't want to die in the hospital. And so I agreed with her. I'm not one to follow a medical model. I've always eaten healthy and take care of myself, exercise and so forth. And my brother is one that is at the doctor's every week with one appointment or another because he believes in that. That's one of the areas that we fought over because I owned a wellness business for years and I just wanted him to stay well and not think he was getting sick. So I said to him, I don't want mom to go to the hospital. I don't want her to die in a place that she's afraid of. And he said, that's ridiculous. She needs to go to the hospital. She's da 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 whatever. Well, we kept at it. We hung in there. 
and we began to listen to each other and what our fears were, and that's the key, by the way, is listening. And um, what we came to was she should go in to get a blood transfusion because she needed it. She was anemic, but not do anything else. No invasive tests. She's not going to go in for surgery, so don't bother her with those invasive tests and make her feel bad and get her in and out of the hospital fast. And that's what we did, and it's four years later, and she's fine. So, you know, I might have caused her an early death if it wasn't for my brother, and we didn't yell at each other, although maybe we started that way. (laughs) We might have started with that, but we eventually, because of our common goal, we hung in there with each other. So now we're at different ends of the political spectrum, and I find that I am learning so much from him by listening. I said one day something about how divisive our country has gotten, and he said, you think it's divisive now? I thought it was divisive under the last administration. (laughs) And I said, really? And so then why? I mean, what made you think that? And he had perfectly good reasons for him that made him think that way. Well, I'm expanding my capacity to understand people. I love that. I do not need to be right. I don't even need to listen to myself anymore. I've heard myself enough. (laughs) I'm going to stop and listen to you for a moment now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it was uh, actually Dr. Wayne Dyer that said people would rather be right than kind. And that's exactly the, the premise that you're talking about is coming from that place of, of just seeing what is and, and hearing where people are. Because you're right, you do. You learn, you know, so much. It's like um, I don't talk about politics um, from a professional perspective because of what I do. It's not really okay to do that. Um, but when I'm in, you know, family conversations and things like that, you know, some of my very strong you know, relatives will say exactly what their point of view is, what they believe in everything, and they'll say, but you probably don't feel like we do, and, you know, go ahead and tell us and all that. And I always say there's not enough time, you know, for me to really share with you exactly what has shaped me to feel the way that I do today. There's not really enough time for that because that does require compassionate listening and not just like we're on side, you know, like this is a football game or a baseball game. It's much more intense than that, and it involves a lot more in our humanity. So good for you that you're able to sit in that space because at one point you were actually involved in government, were you not? Uh, I was. uh, I worked at the U.S. Senate for nine years, and that was, oh, that was so much fun. (laughs) I was... uh, just you know, a few years out of out of college at that point, I was getting my graduate degree in educational technology, and um, the area at the Senate that I worked in really was um, I had a staff that helped the senators and their staffs and the committee staff to use the legislative information systems and correspondence management systems, and that was back in the 70s, that's the 1970s, <laughs> and that's before personal computers, so it was, a big, uh, it was a big job, but they get so much mail, there has to be a way for them to handle all the correspondence and know what their constituents are writing about and be able to respond uh, in a timely and 
accurate way for them. So that was, uh, that was the focus. I worked for the sergeant at arms who has a huge staff that serves all the senators. And yeah, it was fun working on the Hill. Well, they could greatly benefit from your agreements, that's for sure. Oh, be sure to tell them, Temple, I want to get into Congress with these. It is the okay. truth. <laughs> so let, let's hold that. Let, let's, let's hold that for the possibilities of that happening, because that would be very, very powerful for you to start bringing this kind of energy and, and this, this kind of essence. And, you well, know, imagine, and, and I, I won't talk politics, because I, I thank you for reminding me that you're speaking from the unity <laughs> standpoint. Right. Um, so, but, I'm talking more from a platform of church, and this is different. This is an online radio show, so yeah, it's fine. Oh, good, good, yeah. good. Well, just imagine if the Congress were to start with a sort of a clean slate and say, okay, why are we here? What is our shared vision? There has to be. There is a shared vision. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure. I am certain that there is a shared vision. Yes. And once there, the shared vision can be articulated, then everything that they're working on, all of the issues can be looked at from that perspective. So how can we use our shared vision to get there and our different perspectives because different perspectives is what makes us a great nation. It's what makes us a great world. Uh, you know, I'm, I married somebody so different from me. We are now in our 33rd year, and I think that the key to peace on earth is intermarriage. <laughs> I married somebody from Texas. I was from New Jersey. (laughs) Let's let's start there. That's a change right there. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start there. And then we were different religions, different political parties. So, wow. Yeah. But we had a common vision. (laughs) Well, we had a common love is what we had. And that's really what it's about. That's what makes it so much richer, isn't it? It's just, you know, for me, I, I often like to say that originality originality leads to inclusiveness, inclusiveness leads to acceptance, and, you know, ultimately acceptance does lead to inner peace. And with uh, the agreements that you're talking about, and we've only done eight, we still have four more, with that level of where you're coming from, you know, imagine the, the people that are on the highway that are waving each other instead of blowing the horn yelling, um, or the people waiting in different queues somewhere in a line, um, and all of that anxiousness, that, that kind of stress model that just kind of relaxes everybody into, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be, obviously, in this moment, and let me turn around and be compassionate to the person, you know, in front of me or behind me. It, it's such a more powerful, more relaxing, and a more youthful way uh, to live. It, it definitely prevents a lot of the wrinkles showing up on the face. <laughs> yeah, and I thought you said useful, so I'm glad you said that because I know now I know it's useful and youthful. <laughs> <laughs> it's useful and it's youthful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and back to the acceptance agreements. Yeah, they are so good, each of them. And one of them just came to me as you were speaking about when you talked about stress. One of the greatest stressors we have is how we avoid conflict. And so one of the agreements is I agree to resolve conflict directly, which at first might sound more stressful than avoiding conflict. But if we think about it, the stress, often comes from the time that an issue arises 
until the time it is resolved. Whether it's resolved with the other person or by doing inner work or forgiveness, whatever it is, the stress often comes from the time of the issue until the time of resolution. And many of us will put off for days, weeks, months, years actually resolving an issue that is causing undue stress and taking up energy that could be used creatively in our lives. So resolving conflicts directly just means that when something arises that doesn't feel good and it involves someone else, you can do one of two things. You can work within to resolve it, and we can talk about that, or you can go directly to the person and only to that person with whom you can resolve it as quickly as possible. Now, Temple, I don't know if you can think of an instance uh, in your life, but for me, I have so many instances where the stress was before I was in front of that person, and the actual time of resolution was not as difficult as the buildup of my concern, my worry, what's going to happen to our relationship, am I going to lose my job, whatever it was, mm-hmm. because I needed to speak my truth. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I always say to, you know, any up-and-coming leader, um, the biggest word you need to address early on in your life is the word confrontation. Um, it just simply means to come in front of something and it just, it's the story that goes with the story that goes then deeper to the story that makes mm-hmm. it become a mountain. You know, when it was, it started out being just a heart share about something that we're uncomfortable with or, or something that's heavy or, or, you know, working our heart a bit. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. And that's definitely a skill. I think people often, they don't understand that either, Marion. It's a skill, and you, you have to practice it. Um, but people really appreciate more that sense of being real. And, and it's learning. Um, when you were speaking earlier, it's learning to stay the truth with compassion. And to me, how I interpret that is that I'm able to share you know something that's on my mind or on my heart, while at the same time, I'm not coming from this blame dynamic. You know, I'm just I'm just opening a space that's about really, you know, we'd like to get to know each other better or in order to know me better or how I work as a manager or whatever the conversation is. It's more about this inclusive thing, um, not that energy like you addressed earlier of I'm right and, you know, apparently you're wrong. It's just that's just such an old dated model now. It just doesn't work effectively at all. Yes, I, I agree. And, um, yeah, to share without blame. When I think of speaking my truth with compassion, another way to look at that is that when I do that, I have my own well-being and the other person's well-being uh, in my mind, I, yeah. both of us. Yeah, I'm that's holding excellent. Both of us. Yeah. That win-win yeah. model. Uh, we're talking today with Marianne Head. Um, she is... An incredible human being. She has done so much for uh, for this earth and to create a sense of peace, people collaborating and connecting. And she has her book, Revolutionary Agreement. You can look her up on Facebook. I actually tagged her um, on Facebook today, as well as you can go to her website, agreementsinstitute.com. 
Uh, for those of you that continue to join us and love these types of teachings, please go on to templehays.com and sign up for my daily inspirations, as well as visit us at firstunity.org. We're so delighted to have you with us, and we'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for being here. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And just remember, we want your comments here on Facebook Live as well so that we can ask Marion and uh, include her in the process of these agreements. I also want to highlight that if you go, when you go to agreementsinstitute.com, you scroll all the way down, you can actually print a poster of the 12 agreements. And um, I know I'm doing mine. It's really, really cool. Um, Marion, the agreements with gratitude I, I love that oh. you're not just broad and be grateful, but you're very specific in your teaching about how to go about that. You know, it's a practice, like I said, and so without some specifics, it's hard to know how to practice. In fact, one several of my graduates of the uh, Revolutionary Agreements Coach Certification Program have said that the agreements, provide a structure, one of them called it a framework, for them to 
be the change they want to live, they want to see in the world, to be the change. But it's a structure, a, a framework. And one of them said that, um, in fact, I think this is, yeah, one of the Unity teachers, that people say, well, just treat me the way you want to be treated, you know, the golden rule. But how do you do that? <laughs> you know? And so she feels like this is the formula for it. And so in gratitude... The four agreements are, I agree to give and receive thanks. And I want to come back to that. No, I'm going to stay there for just a minute. So to give and receive thanks, it sounds pretty simple. But we are raised to give thanks. You know, what do you say to that person who just gave you something? You say thank you. But we are not raised to receive thanks. So that becomes an important practice. And it opens the pathway for receiving, period, whether it's love, money. So learning how to receive appreciation is, is very important. The second agreement is I agree to see the best in myself and others. And I want to come back to that one because that supports one that we spoke about earlier, resolving, con- uh, rec- yeah, resolving conflicts directly. Um, Looking for blessings in disguise. So in the gratitude area, the third agreement is I agree to look for blessings in disguise. Woo! So there you are in the middle of the challenges, and you shift to gratitude because we know there's a reason that everything happens, and there's got to be a blessing here somewhere. <laughs> we, and I train people to imagine what those blessings can be to sharpen our skills to be able to do it when we're in the midst, midst of crisis. And the final one, oh, the final one I'm so glad to get to, and it doesn't have to be last, it's I agree to lighten up. <laughs> lighten up. After all that, lighten up. So, so give, us this, yeah. yes, give us the specifics about that. Oh, you just had me captivated. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hello. So, yeah, I wanted to go back to see the best in myself and others because I had a, um, I, I mentioned earlier that my husband and I have been married for 33 years and all but one of those years has been truly blissful. We are soulmates having found each other again. And one year he took over a business that I had grown for 10 years so that I could write the first edition of Revolutionary Agreements. And I didn't like the way he was running that business. And I found I was critical of him. And I was more and more critical. And the criticism wound up flowing into other aspects of our lives. And I was just on edge all the time, and he could do nothing right. And oh, I was just frustrated. And, um, and it probably had nothing to do with him, but I didn't know it at the time. It was all about him. And it was all about that word that you used earlier, blame. So it was our 24th wedding anniversary, and I realized if I didn't get a handle on this somehow, we were not going to be celebrating our 25th because we wouldn't be married. I mean, it was really getting bad. So the next day, I actually went to Unity. I sang in the choir at a Unity church in my Colorado town, and the youth group was having a sale a craft sale. They had created these little gratitude journals, and I thought, oh, hey, I could actually practice what I preach. <laughs> I think I'll buy one of these gratitude journals and focus on a gratitude every day for my husband and see if I can turn this thing around. 
see if I can start, and this is where it fits in, seeing the best in him instead of what I'd been doing the whole previous year, which was seeing the worst or imagining it. And so I again... That magnifies very quickly, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes, yes. And so I said... You can build the mountain very, very fast. Not only with yourself, but, you know, with your significant best person, that's for sure. Yes, and so I sat in the same, in the rocking, the old rocking chair that I used to nurse my baby in, and I looked at my husband every morning because he slept later than me, and I just sat there with that journal open and thought, what do I appreciate about Glenn? What do I love about him? What do I like about him? What is the best in him? Let me tell you, it was hard the first day, Temple. <laughs> I, I was still in that kind of pissy mood. So it's like, uh, I came up with something. It wasn't big. The next day, it was easier. And the day after that, easier yet. And then I began looking forward to it. It did not take long. Just like it doesn't take long to make a mountain out of a molehill, it did not take long when I was focused on what's the best in him to transform not only me, but our relationship. And that I could do without him even knowing that I was, writing that journal. And I learned that later because uh, I wrote for 121 days and I wound up giving him the journal for our 25th wedding anniversary. And some years later, he asked me if I would publish that journal, which at first I said, no, it's too personal. But he said he thought it could help others. And so I did. And it's called Gratitude Journal for a Healthy Marriage. And uh, it's pretty profound in its simplicity. Mm, yeah. And and that is such a, yeah, that's such a powerful thing. Where do we find that book? Is it on Amazon or on your website? You know, you can also, it, it is on Amazon, and it's also in the store at agreementsinstitute.com, along with Revolutionary Agreements, which is also at Amazon, and they're also in all formats. They're in, you know, all the ebook formats as well as print. Thanks That's certainly a powerful, powerful book now for so many people that, you know, are having challenges being in relationship with others. That Tell us the name of that again. Gratitude Journal for a Healthy Marriage. Healthy Marriage, yeah. But it really, it's beyond a marriage between two people. It could be, you know, whatever you're married to. It could be to, your some people are married to their work. You know, and, and there's frustrations at work. Any situation, any person who, uh, any relationship, a relationship with a person or a situation that is not working can be transformed by doing this. It's, um, it, what I love about the ideas, the practices you're talking about with the four agreements related to gratitude is it, it's something I, I do my best to practice a lot, um, and that is to be willing to see things from another person's point of view or their perspective. And so when I'm coming from a place of just seeing the best in myself or in others, giving that space as to why that may be so, you know, it, it gets me out of my head and into my heart. You know, like if somebody yeah. is, it runs you off the, the road, you know, for example, you know, it's like, wow, maybe they're rushing to get to a loved one that's in, in harm's way. 
uh, you know, it doesn't just have to be, you know, oh, they think they're all that and they've had too much coffee. <laughs> you know, there could be a real yeah. need going on there. I'll always remember the story that Stephen Covey said about uh, the man that uh, was on a subway with his children. And the person seated there was so upset because he got so tired of the children acting out and acting up and they were loud and they were obnoxious. And finally, um, the father of the children looked at the man and he said, I'm sorry. You know, so I'm kind of paraphrasing. I'm sorry. I know they I know they're bothering you, but um, their mother just died and we're on their way to the hospital or something. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then everything was different just because of that. Everything was. Yes. Different. Yes. It, it, we have, uh, there's a 12-week revolutionary agreements program that my uh, graduates of the certification program teach, and it's also a part of the certification program that I teach. In the Respect Our Differences agreement, in that session, uh, we actually have a number of scenarios of things that are typically annoying, annoying behaviors, which are things, by the way, that we sometimes say, well, I would never do that. Right? So in respecting our differences uh, from somebody talking on the cell phone in the restaurant to, you know, other annoying behaviors, we we play a game called what if. So what if something positive? And we come up with as many positive possibilities as possible because in the moment of something annoying us, we can play this what if game. Well, what if, just like you said, what if their mother just died? What if... Uh, they were just reunited with one of the children who had been kidnapped. I mean, you can come up with all sorts of possibilities, and they're just as true as the negative thoughts. And it just shifts everything. You know, it just, um, I, I love I love what you're saying about relationship in general, because I've been fortunate in my life to do a lot of weddings, and I, you know, I always go back to that. You know, you have a choice every day, you know, when you're in relationship, whether it's with a person, of course, or, you know, with anything else, you can go and look for all the good and all all the wonder of it and how you're fascinated by it. Or you can have this other energy where you only want to look at what's wrong with it. And I love that. And and I, I love that throughout the course of this show, you have used the word that's one of my favorite words, and that's called practice. I mean, that's that's really what it's all about. I mean, the best of athletes, uh, the best of speakers, the best of, you know, people that have healthy relationships or people that realize it's not an arrival place, but it's an everyday decision, you know, to give the best that you can. And that that kind of goes back to ultimately what you're saying to to live your mission. You know, I think often people think of mission as. You know, I I got an award or a trophy or, you know, all those things are nice or I'm known in my field or I'm a celebrity. That's all fine and good. But mission can be as simple as being kind every day. And that that requires a certain level of determination and being intentional. Yes. And living one, the essence of one's mission, uh, for me, my mission, like like you, has gotten much simpler. It sounds really big. My mission now is peace on earth. That's yeah. it. It's, that's mm-hmm. it. So when I say, well, what's the essence of that in my life? Well, that's peace within. And that is what 
I practice in many different ways, and I'm not there yet, Temple. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be really transparent here. When you spoke that gratitude agreement to see the best in myself and others, it reminded me about the end of that agreement, uh, or the beginning, I guess, in myself. I can see the best in others really easily. I see people's magnificence. I do. However, I am still too self-critical, and that's a practice that I'm working on. You know, I'm working on, uh, in the truth agreement, keep doing what works and change what doesn't. I'm working to change what doesn't, and I know it's possible. I, I have, you know, another difference between my brother and I, who I brought up before, is that when I've tried to give him advice, mm, not a good idea, <laughs> when I've tried to give him advice, he'll say, oh, this is the way I am, and I'm not going to change. Well, okay. <laughs> Well, that would be true then. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to change, don't change. Uh, but if we do want to change, there are ways to actually rewire our brain to create new neural pathways. And it's one of the things we do in our program. So I love that because I, when we get to week four of the agreements, people are actually laying new track to make a change to something that is not working for them in their life. It's, it's worth the entire program. <laughs> it's so good. And that's what I'm doing now with my self-criticism is looking at what I like about myself, seeing the best, just like the agreement, seeing the best in myself over and over and over again so that I build that, that pathway stronger, even though it's still, it's still edgy for me because even when I say it, it feels like, oh, it feels it feels egotistical to me to see the best in myself. So I've got to get over that and practice this in a more spiritual way. Well, I, I have the greatest confidence in just our conversation that that you will accomplish that um, many times over. And I just want to remind everyone, as mentioned with the program that Marion had offers, that you can go to agreementsinstitute.com. Please visit us at templehays.com. You get a free gift if you sign up for Daily Inspirations. I'd love to stay in touch with you either on Facebook or otherwise. And be sure and check out on Facebook Marion Head. She's at Revolutionary Agreements. It's been a pleasure having you today. I tell you, our, our time goes by so quickly. I'll make sure to tell the executive producer because we want to have you back on the show real soon. And it would also probably be good if we get some call-ins or some comments that we could give some feedback for these agreements. Thank you, Marion, for everything that you've done, and thank you so much, all of you, on Facebook Live, and really appreciate you that you share the show with others because of you were featured throughout the world, and I am so grateful and appreciative. Uh, God bless everyone on this amazing journey that we call life. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www templehaze.org
Every moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention, in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. As human beings, we have been granted quite a bit of power. One of the greatest powers that we have is the power of choice. We can choose to react to situations and to people in any way that we like, and it has tremendous effect on our lives and our world. There is a spiritual law that states, thoughts held in mind will produce after their kind. Simply put, our thoughts can create our worlds. And it's quite possible to change the total direction of our lives by simply changing the way we think, by choosing to see life differently. If you're unhappy with the direction your life is headed, remember, you can change it. You've been given the power of choice. Learn how to choose it wisely. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. 
benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.